this one into the night. Jimmy Rollins is going to turn for three. Here he comes. In the air, down the right field line. Way back there. On an RBI hit by Mitchie Poole. Here's the throw to the plate. It's in the air. He is. Out. The 0-2 what is going on everybody welcome back to the phillies nation podcast i'm your host ty daubert the phillies are really coming into this final stretch of the season they had a bit of an opportunity in their last homestand they had an opportunity to sweep the pittsburgh pirates on fan appreciation day in their last home game and they could not do that and, you know, they, they lose one six to nothing against the Pirates in their last home game, disappointing the home fans and really putting themselves in a tough spot as they go up against the Braves coming up here in their final um, stretch. Braves and then the Marlins. This series against the Braves, one of the biggest in recent memory for the Phillies. They are probably in dire need of at least a series win and probably a sweep. I think that's really that's really the uh, the moral of the story here if you're listening to this podcast. We're going to break it down a little, but the Phillies could really use a sweep of the Atlanta Braves in Atlanta. And yeah, we're going to get into that a little bit here. I'm joined by my co-host, Nathan Ackerman. Nathan, what do you have to say about the Phillies? Or did I really uh, hit the nail on the head a little bit? You pretty much hit the nail on the head. I was prepared on this podcast to make the case of why the Phillies, sure, would have preferred to sweep the Braves, but could have gotten away with two out of three, and we can get into a little bit of that later. We're pretty much at the point where, as you said, they have to sweep. And Ty, let me ask you this. If I were to tell you a month or a month and a half ago that it would come down to the Phillies absolutely needing to sweep the Braves in Atlanta, would you have been the least bit surprised? Because this felt like the most obvious outcome uh, and the most obvious need for the Phillies in the last week of the season. Yeah, it's not surprising. It's kind of felt like it was it was heading this way for a little while. You know, at points, the Phillies, in this, in this past homestand, they played the Orioles and the Pirates, two of the worst teams in baseball. They go five and two. It's not too bad, but these are bad teams, and, and they're in a spot where they – they could have picked up another another win or two. They really could have used that against um, an inferior 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 opponents, both of them, and they just didn't make it work. A, a few things did didn't go their didn't go their way. They put together good efforts, some comeback wins, some really gutsy performances out of out of a few players. Hector Neris comes to mind in the Pirate series, but they they only go five and two. They didn't really show up in this last game of the series against the pirates. And yeah, they're two and a half out with six games to play on their end seven for the Braves. They have three in Atlanta and a sweep is probably in need based on everything that's going on. I mean, sweeping is, is the clearest, the clearest path. If the Phillies sweep the Braves and even if the Braves win their four games against the Mets after that, they would be tied for the division lead. And if if they sweep and the Braves lose a game against the Mets, as long as they if the Phillies win out, they keep they keep on sweeping. They um, the Phillies would win the division. If they aren't able to sweep the Braves, the path after that gets a lot tougher. A lot more needs to go right 
for the Phillies and wrong for the Braves. And Braves are playing pretty good baseball. They've had some pretty impressive wins over the Padres. If you're a Phillies fan, I guess you could argue that the Padres, had, uh, they choked some games away over the past few days. But, you know, the Padres, when you're picking up Vince Velasquez off the street to start big games for you down the stretch, <laughs> I think that's a little telling about your situation. But, yeah, I don't know. A lot has gone wrong for the Phillies over the whole season. A lot has gone right, too. They're getting great performances out of players like Bryce Harper, but they're missing some key players due to injury. Eflin and, and Hoskins certainly come to mind. And, yeah, it's just kind of been how this how this season has gone. Some good, some bad. They're infuriating. Some days they're amazing in what they do. And it's all kind of come to a head heading into this Brave series, like you said, and it felt like it was going to be that way for a while, pretty much ever since they – Ever since they swept that Met series and took first place, and then it kind of tailed from from there on, then it felt like it, was, it would be heading to this point. Even if they sweep, <laughs> in which, you know, in that in that scenario, everybody would be riding super high and feeling super great about this team. They're only a half game ahead, and at that point, I mean, when you when you have the Braves playing a game one sixty two on that Monday after the regular season ends, you know, the one game that they might not even have to play. I don't know if I really trust the Rockies to come into Atlanta and take that game. In fact, I'm 95% sure if that game takes place, the Braves are going to win it. So even if they sweep, the Phillies are not out of the woods yet at all. They need to take care of business against the, 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 the fear dreaded powerhouse Miami Marlins. And, you know, what some people say is the toughest place to play in all of baseball, maybe even all of sports um, down in, down in Miami. So Yeah. The Phillies, they definitely need to sweep. And if they can't sweep, they're not, they're not looking too hot. And even if they do, you know, they still have some, some work to do. But I think my biggest takeaway from the last week or so isn't even that the Phillies are necessarily all that bad. Sure, five and two against the teams that they played isn't perfect given what they needed. They probably needed to win six or maybe even seven out of those seven games. But the Padres, man, the Padres, they one out of four against the Braves. At home, the only game that they won was a game where they led by one with only three innings to go. And even that game, they blew, and it took a seventh-inning homeward by Fernando Tatis Jr. to give them the win there. Blew a lead on Saturday, had a chance to win it on Sunday, too. And then the second game on Thursday, they got – or Friday. Friday, they got they got maddoxed. So, not great. The Padres didn't really do the Phillies many, many favors there. And because of it, Phillies got some work to do. Yeah, the, the Padres, I said this to, to Nathan before we started recording, very, very much giving me that Bobby Valentine Red Sox kind of vibe where they made all those big additions and it didn't really work out this year. I think the Padres going forward still have um, a lot of upside, a lot of potential. I think they'll be better than they were this year for sure. But this one, definitely pretty disappointing. Um and yeah, they did not help out the Phillies. Old friend Vince Velasquez, he could not help out the Philadelphia Phillies. He he just couldn't do it. And it's uh, exactly what Phillies fans probably would have expected in that situation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, anytime you're counting on Vince Velasquez to win, win you games in September, even if you're not the team that he's pitching for, you're not feeling great, so... Yeah, it's kind of what happened. Maybe, you know, maybe if the Padres, you you 
talked about the midseason acquisitions. Um, maybe Max Scherzer would have been of some use to them, but couldn't even get that one done. So, yeah, not great. Not great. No, no, it, it was not. And, you know, those games that, like we said, it put them in this position to need to need to probably take three from the Braves. But why don't we break down a little bit of what might need to happen for them to actually pull that off? We can talk a little bit about the pitching. You, you think mm-hmm. back to think back to the first game against the Pirates, Aaron Nola pitching. They're pretty quickly down six, nothing. Um, he kind of settled in after that a little bit, but giving up six runs is still giving up six runs. The Phillies managed to come back. Ronald Torrey is a big three run pinch hit, go ahead and home run in that game. And yeah, but I, I, they, they pulled it off, but I don't think that in exactly inspires confidence in your former ace, Aaron Nola, who is scheduled as of now to pitch in this Atlanta series. Mm-hmm. Ranger Suarez pitching on Saturday. I think he made his case to be the second best pitcher in this Phillies rotation after Zach Wheeler. And honestly, and it hasn't been as big a workload, but maybe the best overall pitcher on the Phillies this season, the way that he's pitched ERA in the mid ones, he's been, he's been great in any role that they, that they've thrown him into. And he only made a season debut in May. He's been really good. And I, I think that there needs to be some serious discussion for Ranger Suarez to be pitching in this Atlanta series. Nathan had, had thrown an idea at me a little bit that might be, might be a little out there, maybe a little far-fetched, but I think right, let me I do think it. Let me do need it. to throw it out and see if yeah, see if this is yeah. the one that gives the Phillies the best chance. First things first, you're talking about winning pitcher Aaron Nola on Thursday. So why don't we why don't we right. why don't we ease ease the slander a tiny bit? So Kyle Gibson, right? The Phillies' most prized midseason acquisition, which is great. 487 ERA for the Phillies at this point. 716 in the month of September alone. There is absolutely no reason Ranger Suarez should not be starting that game on Thursday in place of Kyle Gibson. And I would argue too, perhaps even better for reasons I will delve into shortly, instead of Aaron Nola on Wednesday. Now, you have Suarez going on three days rest on Wednesday. That sets him up to go three days rest again on Sunday. At this point, you have to get as much out of Ranger Suarez as you possibly can. That guy has been a rubber arm for the Phillies this season. He hasn't thrown 100 innings yet, I don't think. Um, but when 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 he made his first start of the season, which was on August 2nd, he threw 33 pitches, right? He was throwing 86 pitches by August 18th, which was three starts later and 99 pitches by August 24th. If you're worried about him, you know, not being able to handle the workload, I'm pretty sure he's shown that he can. Going on three days rest and back-to-back starts is 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 a lot. I'm not going to deny that. But Ranger Suarez right now, even if you have to give him a limited pitch count, say 70, 75 pitches, maybe bring Nola in out of the pen. They're going to have to do some unconventional things right now. You absolutely have to get Ranger Suarez into as many games as you possibly can. Right now, and I don't think this is what they're going to end up doing, but right now he's slated to go on Friday. He's he's scheduled to make one more start for the rest of the season, and it's not going to be against the Braves. That's inexcusable. And I think they're going to shuffle that around because Ranger Suarez is – put himself in a position where he, like you said, 
is the Phillies' second best pitcher on this staff. And if you go by ERA, he's the best pitcher in the starting staff. He absolutely has to pitch against the Braves, especially when you factor in the whole observation I think a lot of people make is that Ranger Suarez, slowest heartbeat in the entire world. No situation phases him whatsoever on the road in a hostile environment against the Braves in a playoff chase in a game you're absolutely going to have to win. I don't know if there's anybody better suited for that task than Ranger. And on the contrary, Aaron Nola, we've talked about some of the big game struggles that he's had. I don't know if people are going to be feeling terribly confident about him, especially in Atlanta in that not, game on Wednesday. Big, that, like I said, they're going to have to win. Struggles this year, though. Not just big game struggles this year. Every game. Struggles. You're right. Every game. Struggles. Every single game. Every single. Yeah. Yes. Any, any, not every single game. He's had some good starts, but every type of game, Aaron Nola has not exactly shoved in. Right. Ranger Suarez, bottom line, has to pitch. There's no reason why Nola and Gibson both should be starting ahead of quite easily the second best pitcher on the Phillies starting staff and a guy who's probably closer to being the best than he is to being the third best. Ranger Suarez has to pitch. Ideally, you want him to pitch twice more the rest of the season because you have to squeeze everything out of him that you can. He's just been that good. I think he'd be able to handle it on three days rest twice. It's a lot to ask. He has a rubber arm. And at this point, like I said, are you taking 70 pitches of Ranger or are you taking, you know, infinity pitches of Nola or however many pitches you can run out there? I'm going Ranger twice, personally. Now, here's here's my question. If you push up Ranger Suarez um, to that second game in the Brave series on three days rest, what's your what's your lineup for the third game against the Brave series? Who do you have pitching then? Is it Nola on a little longer rest? It would be Nola or Gibson. It would probably end up being Nola just because I think you made the point before we started uh, recording that Nola on longer rest has actually been, well, better than he has been on regular rest by a considerable margin. And then Kyle Gibson's numbers as of late just are not encouraging at all. For either guy, it would be their last start of the the season. So it isn't like you have to worry about lining them up for more starts down the road. I would personally go Nola there. I can understand the decision to go with Gibson. The only thing I can't understand is not going Ranger in, in either of those two games. So what would that put you at for the last if, – if, what you're suggesting, what you're proposing here, that you go Wheeler, Suarez, mm-hmm. Nola, Gibson, and then what are the last two games of the season for you? Gibson on Friday, Wheeler on Saturday, which would be three days rest again. I think he can handle it despite the innings. Look, at this point, something's got to give. Wheeler's throwing a bunch of innings. You can't really baby him around at this point. You have to get as much as you can out of him and then Suarez again on Sunday. So that gives you – Two more Wheeler starts, two more Suarez starts, a Nola and a Gibson. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's tough. You've never really seen that out of Ranger Suarez. They haven't really done it with Zach Wheeler before. Um, But yes, yes. Ranger Suarez, in any role, in any situation, they've asked him to come through this season. He's done it. And people, people were all worried about him moving into the starting staff. I was among them. I thought maybe he would have been better in his current or in his, you know, then current role in the bullpen. He's thrived in the starting staff just as much as he was in the bullpen, maybe even more. It's a lot to ask. I agree. He's handled every challenge the Phillies have thrown him his, his way this season. I don't see any reason why he wouldn't do the same. Yeah. I mean, it's tough. Like, like you said, this is a big ask. I think maybe, he could handle it. But I think this is really the problem you run into when you have four starters and two of them aren't pitching well and you're you're practically running out there with two good starters. And then a, a bullpen game, which hmm. has, you know, 
questionable questionable results over the however many weeks they've been doing it um you know on sunday they started hans kraus for three innings he gave up a home run on the very first pitch that he threw in the major leagues a bunch of walks but kind of didn't somehow didn't give up any more runs um but yeah i think limiting the amount I guess when you when you don't overthink it, when it's even though it's three days rest, your two good starting pitchers are pitching twice, and then Nola Gibson in the bullpen game are only throwing once. I think you might have mm-hmm. a point. I don't think they're going to do it, but I think you have a point. Like, why not just give throw your best shots at it? No, me neither. Me neither. But I'm I'm at the point where it's either one more Wheeler, or sorry, two more Wheeler starts, one more Suarez start, a Nola and a Gibson, and a bullpen game. Would you rather have that or Wheeler and Suarez each twice on short rest, not have to d- worry about the bullpen game, Nola on extra rest for what it's worth, and then get, to me, it's, it's, an, it's a no-brainer to me. Yeah, I, I, think, you've, I think you've convinced me because – Mission accomplished. My work here is done. Just because, like you said, the struggles of Gibson as of late, I mean, you mentioned why would you want Gibson starting over Suarez in the Atlanta series? I guess if you're looking for some more production out of that nine spot in the lineup, maybe you give Gibson the nod. But (laughs) as for on the actual pitcher's mound, I don't think there's a single uh, reason that you could could point to. Yeah, I mean – I can understand if they don't want to go Suarez on three days rest and they can have him pitch on Thursday and have that be his last start of the season. The only thing I can't, I can't justify at all is him not pitching against the Braves. You have to throw your best guys out there against the Braves. Realistically, you're going to have to win probably all of these six games at the very least five, but you're going to need to win all three against the Braves and they need, they need to throw the guys out there and give them the best chance of, of, of doing that. So again, if you don't want to go on short rest, fine. Pitch him on Thursday. He has to pitch in one of those two games, Wednesday or Thursday. Do you think he's going to pitch on Thursday against the Braves in the last game? I do. Yeah. I don't I don't think they're gonna, I don't think as much as I want to see it, I don't think they're gonna make him go on three or have him go on three days rest on Wednesday. But I do think at this point, it's I mean, what other justification is there for having Nola and Gibson pitch on Wednesday and Thursday? Like Joe, Joe Girardi would have to look the media, everybody in the eye and say, we think that Nola and Gibson give us a better shot to win than Ranger Suarez. I don't know. I, I don't think that's possible. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is either. Um, moving on from the pitching a little bit. I think that is one of the most important storylines of this last stretch here. But a few other things, the lineup gets shut out in the last game against the Pirates. You know, before they put up 12 runs against the Pirates, it's kind of the way baseball goes. But if the offense is going to show up, um, there are a few things that I think they could do to give them a better chance. I think Matt Veerling should probably be getting more starts here than not at this point. He's been hitting the ball so hard. And it's really, man, when you think of some of these guys that other than, than Harper and Wheeler, like two of the bigger signings they've made over over you know even in their whole history like they those are the ones kind of leading the way but then you think of ranger suarez who was in triple a and to start the season and then 
Matt Veerling, who is in double A to start the season, <laughs> like some of these, some of these guys who have stepped up um, to really, to really help them out when, when they needed it, it's been, it's been kind of a cast of characters at times. And then there are some other guys that have done it earlier at earlier points in the season, Torres and Jankowski that aren't really doing it right now, but who are, who are some of the guys other than, other than Harper and Real Muto that you think are going to need plate appearances to give this offense a chance to, to carry them to some wins here? Reese Hoskins. <laughs> yeah, they can certainly use that. I, I think if Reese Hoskins yeah. was healthy, I think they probably win this division. Probably. Um, I yeah. think it's doubtful that they win it at this point. We can get into that at the end. Yeah. But yeah, they Reese Hoskins is indeed not walking through that door. So no. Nope. Um, yeah, Veerling, I mean, here you are. Veerling has to play, you know, pretty much every day at this point, wherever it is. I mean, the guy just barrels everything. I think the reason why he didn't start on was that today or was that was that Sunday or was that Saturday? In any yeah, case, Sunday. Veerling didn't. Yeah, Veerling didn't start one of those one of those two games, and I think it was because the Pirates had a lefty on the mound, and he was, or no, the Pirates had a some somebody who did a lot better against righties than he did against lefties. So they got Herrera in there, whatever, or Brad Miller, whoever they ended up playing. But yeah, essentially Matt Veerling is giving them positional flexibility and he's hitting everything hard. And it's just the kind of thing where, you know, even if you don't see him being a long-term piece of the puzzle, as far as this team's, you know, long-term outlook, which I think he definitely could be, but for the next week, the way that he's hitting right now, uh, he, he has to play pretty much every day. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, another thing that that isn't happening, um, I don't think, but maybe they could consider is Alec Bohm has been hitting better as of late in AAA. Would you give him a call up for the last week of the season? He's a, even as a bench bat, he's hitting the ball better in AAA. Handful of doubles. I stole this idea from Johnny Heller. He had mentioned it to me. Not stole, but he had men- first mentioned it to me um, that maybe. They should bring Bohm up. He said it when he got when he got healthy um, in AAA to bring him up as an extra bat. I don't know. I don't think they'll do it. I think they want him just down in AAA, maybe keep clearing his head and, and get things right for next season. But they could use all the help that they could get. I think in a year, like in the past, when it opened up to 40 players in September, they would consider that. I don't think it's going to happen here. But they could use as many bats as they could get they can definitely use as many bats as they can get and i mean sure if, if it means fewer late game pinch hitting appearances by andrew knapp from the right side like i'll be my guest call him up the other thing is i think um dd gregorius has been hitting better recently you could say yeah. um <laughs> and they're gonna need that to continue for the last because, series maybe yeah yeah for the last series you you know you gotta you gotta take what you can get um, I, the, the, the three run Homer that he hit on Friday was obviously huge. I feel like he has side note. We don't need to talk about this, but I feel like he has the biggest, most random three run homers. It's always three run homers and they're always clutch. Um, and then yeah. anyway, yeah, uh, it was, it was, it was actually funny. Johnny Heller, you just mentioned him tweeted something like, uh, after, after, after Kyle Gibson hit that solo Homer, which was awesome, by the way, Johnny tweeted something like Kyle Gibson has more, more home runs within in games that were within five runs since the beginning of August, since DD or that as uh, DD does, I, I don't know if it was he has as many or he has more, 
But basically, he was saying Kyle Gibson has hit more important home runs since the beginning of August than Didi has. And then Didi comes back a few hours later with that huge three run homer. So Didi must have seen the tweet. Yeah. And he's going to have to keep on hitting the way that he was hitting against the Pirates. Uh, he had an 0 for 3 on, what was that, yesterday. And then today he went, I'm going to pull this up real quick. He went one for four. So maybe he's cooling down a tiny bit, but I guess it's from better that three than what game been, hot streak. Yeah, from that three game hot streak, I guess it's better with, than what they've been getting in the season as a whole. So yeah. Yeah. But I mean, you, you already, I, I feel George like already said something the other day to reporters that oh, basically, basically, um, you know, he's going to keep starting DD. It was when they faced a lefty and he started that, you know, if they're going to win, they need DD to hit well. And uh, I guess that's true because he's not going to stop playing him evidently. So in that case, they do need him to hit well um, because even against lefties, they're seemingly not going to play Ronald Torres or somebody over him. Um, But yeah, since that's the case, they do, they do, they do need him to hit well. Yeah. If he's in the lineup, they're going to need him to hit well. I guess the, the point to the contrary is, well, maybe they just need somebody in that spot of the lineup to hit well. What a concept. But he, he essentially said something to the effect of, and he said this other times throughout the season too, which, which was basically, I've seen DD get big hits and big RBIs for me and for this team. So I'm going to keep on playing him, which um, <laughs> A-Rod made a point during one of the um, Phillies, was it Pirates games recently? Phillies, Orioles, whoever, whoever they're playing about how it's so great that Joe Joe Girardi is trusting his eyes, not the iPad. And I think Johnny Heller made it made a little bit of that and put that as his Twitter bio, which was kind of funny. But yeah, I mean, they don't need Didi to be hitting for them to make the playoffs. They need somebody in his spot in the lineup, whether that's him or not, to be hitting. And who gives you the best chance to do that right now? If it's Didi the way he was playing in that two or three game hot street hot stretch, then maybe it's Didi. But if it's not, then it's not. And they need to be flexible enough to where they can put in. Galvis or Torres or I, I I mean I realize I'm not listing superstar replacements in his you know in his absence but yeah they just need some production out of there it doesn't really matter if it's Didi or not and if, it, if it's against lefties it probably not going to be Didi and I don't know why they're not going to go away from that yeah I mean just Didi as a whole has been overall pretty disappointing this season if they have the Didi of last year um, they probably won the division already, to be honest. He was that good last year in, of course, a, a short season. But at the same time, there's no statistics backing me, no real logic backing me here. Does feel like he will probably have at least one big home run in the Atlanta series. That's just my yeah. guess. Kind of feels I know, like I agree. It. I don't know why. Doesn't mean he had he, a big home. Doesn't mean he should be really playing but i think he's going to he had a big homer he had a big three-run homer in the in the infamous boom game back in april which by the way if if the phillies win the division by one game <laughs> that would just be so funny um but anyway yeah you're you're, you're probably right that he's going to do something in the atlanta series that's gonna make him keep on playing in the miami series even if he goes over 10 to follow it up all right let's wrap this up phillies taking on the braves starting on tuesday three games we'll worry about Miami when it gets here three games against the Braves what do you think happens I've got a bold prediction the Phillies in the next week will clinch 
their first winning season since 2011, but they won't win the NL East. They'll win one out of three in Atlanta, probably one out of three in Miami, and they'll finish with 83 wins on the season. It's not going to happen. Sorry. I don't, come on. I feel like every year it comes down to the Phillies need to sweep, insert team here. It's often the Braves. Sometimes it's they need to win one or two from the Rays, and it's just it always seems far-fetched, and then the series actually happens, and it realized that it was even further fetched than we might have once thought. So I don't see anything different happening. Um, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But two out of three, I guess, would be interesting. I, I would be absolutely shocked if they sweep the Braves. I think one out of three is probably the most likely outcome. I think the most far-fetched was 2019 when they had a big series with the Nationals near the end of the year. And people were like, well, all they need to do is just win five straight against the Nationals. And they lost five straight against the Nationals. Mm -hmm. But going into this season, what I think the rotation will be in, in this series is Wheeler, Nola, Suarez. I think they lose Wheeler. I think they lose Nola. I think they win Suarez. And the season's pretty much done from there. That's my... They lose, they lose Wheeler. Why is that? Not that I'm saying you're necessarily wrong. I don't know. I just think they lose. I, he is he is going he is going up against Charlie Morton. And yeah, I don't think it's like I don't think he yeah. gets rocked or anything. I think they just lose a close game like four to three or something. Just feels see it. just feels like a feels like a loss. I don't know. I think they're just even with the Braves losing Ronald Acuna Jr. midseason. They made some key acquisitions, Solaire, some other guys. I think they're just a little bit better. As of now, it'll be Wheeler Morton, Nola Freed. And then it says Gibson Anderson. I, I think we both think it'll be Suarez Anderson. So it isn't like the Braves don't have their horses going as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Max Freed coming off um coming off a Maddox as well, just like just like Ranger Suarez. So yeah, biggest biggest series of the season, most definitely. It's going to be interesting to say the least. Let me let me ask you this. If they do go out and they win two out of three and they finish the series one and a half back, is it, like, it's over, but is it over, over? What does that mean? <laughs> like, they're probably screwed, but is Correct. it over, per se? Because if they if, no. if they finish the series one and a half out, maybe they go in and they sweep Miami, and then hope that the Mets and Rockies can combine to go two and two against the Braves, and then they've got a tiebreaker game? I mean, who knows? Maybe, maybe yeah, they went two out of three from the Braves, and I've heard, rumor has it, Jacob deGrom, maybe Noah Syndergaard might be coming back in the last week of the season. Why? I have absolutely no idea. It seems like pretty um, not smart on anybody's part. But if they are back, even if they have a short leash, maybe they each go three or four innings. All of a sudden, there's two wins. I don't know. Just saying. It would be funny to watch the, the Mets play spoiler to let the Phillies in who they fought earlier this season. That would be funny. It would be kind of funny. Yeah. But yeah, funny. I don't know. Biggest biggest series of the year, like I said. Who knows how it'll play out? I certainly don't. But this is the biggest one in a, in a while, to say the least. Can the Phillies salvage this season? I That still remains to be seen, but... After that happens, we'll talk to you about it. Thank you for listening. Let's see how this plays out.